millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Real Report podcast in association with the Sunday Soup Kitchen. It's Gav. And you join us back after Sunderland's 3 0 defeat at the stadium like the Coventry City in what was Michael Beale's first game in charge as head coach. And we're going to get straight into it because there is a lot to talk about and we don't want to drag it out and spoil your Christmas ultimately. But hopefully, we say a few things which might resonate. Uh, joining me today isn't Chris, as I said on the preview, it's actually Martin. Hiya, mate. Hello, Gav. Yeah, that was um, yeah certainly one of those days where everything that could have gone wrong. Did go wrong, didn't it? Mm. It was um, pretty shite from start to finish. Yeah, and you're back on these shores, aren't you, to watch the games this this Christmas time, which is a change for you. So they couldn't have turned up for you, even. But there we go. Well, um, I was at the Leeds game, and that was um, <laughs> that was you know a stark contrast to what we saw this afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, let's get straight into it, mate. Let's talk straight straight about what's what sort of happened there. I mean, we've just been me and you watching the highlights before we came on, just to try and uh, sort of get the memory going again. It was really poor the way we conceded those goals today, wasn't it? I mean, the, the stats, when you look at them, indicate Sunderland actually played really well on, on, on the stats side of things. 21 shots, 6 on target, which which isn't great, of course. 60% possession, um, far more passes, far better passing accuracy even. But the performance, in the end, it was it was poor, wasn't it? And there's no getting away from it. We We saw no new manager bounce we saw no indication that these players were inspired or energetic or 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 really up for it it felt like it just felt like everything was a bit flat in the end nothing felt different and yeah there were aspects of the performance that were good um I think Michael Beale himself said after the game that he felt box to box we've actually played okay but it was the finishing and the defending which let us down as has been the case all season really whenever we've lost games we we do let ourselves down spectacularly when it comes to the the goals we can see. We talk about it all the time on this podcast, but the performance. Let's let's just talk about that in isolation. I mean, what did you think of how we played from start to finish? I thought it was a strange game, really. I think you kind of you go right from the very start. I think the team selection was was odd. I think mm-hmm. um, Bar's been indifferent at best in the last couple of games. I think he started against Leeds and against Bristol, didn't he? And like, I'm I'm just not a fan of Bar. Just I just don't see really what he offers. I think he's one of those players who's he's obviously a good technical football player, but he hasn't settled into a position. He hasn't really um, shown us anything apart from flashes and, and bursts occasionally. And I think to start him 
first of all, in the team, and whether he would have been in the team had Pritchard not been ill or not, I, I, I doubt. But to put him, first of all, in the team, and then secondly, up front. Because mm. I thought when I saw the team, I thought, right, Job's going to be up front. Bar's going to be playing in number 10 role. And you're going to have Neil and Equa sat behind him, um, which to me makes sense. And I, I didn't see any logic whatsoever in playing Bar up front. And I felt a bit sorry for him because... You know, he's he's almost been hung out to dry today by sticking them up front. Um and you know, for the you know, you talk about performance. I thought the first twenty minutes we actually played all right. I thought we had a lot of possession. I thought we were passing it around pretty well. I thought we got into wide areas pretty well. Both Roberts and Clark had chances to go at their defenders. And, you know, I think it kind of turns on that miss from Barr after about twenty minutes, doesn't it? Clark come, comes in, has yeah. a great shot. You know, I think he forces the keeper into making probably the only half-decent save the keeper has to make in the whole of the game, as it turns out. But the ball comes out to bar, and we like that's got to go in. There's, it's one of them chances, isn't it? Like It's it's a sitter. Yeah, We've it's got to score that. Sitter. We're on top, and I think if we score that, the game takes on a whole different direction. But, of course, he, he blazes over the bar, and um, from, from then on, I think we kind of lost a bit of confidence, and that, that kind of... It was it was the story of the first half? Yeah, it was. It was definitely that that chance. I mean, there's no getting away from it. We'll talk about Bar because because you brought it up there. Um, I I think I'm sort of in the same boat as you. I'm not really seeing it. I think I mentioned on the pod the other week that I just you know I don't I don't know what his position is. He's not a striker certainly. Um, and if you're one of those strikers on the bench watching that, you're not going to be happy because there's a lad getting in ahead of you up front who is never going to be a centre forward. There was obviously some tactical reason why they chose to put him there, but he's lacking in confidence. It's not his position. I think you you just said there's perfect. He was kind of hung out to dry, to be honest. Um, and I think I, on the back of this, sometimes it takes a, a spectacularly bad kind of performance to really send the message home. But I think on the back of this, there's going to have to be a major rethink about what we're doing up front. Because I, I read it out before, 21 shots and only six on target dominated the ball, yet we've scored no goals. I mean, we'll get on to the defending, but the, the, the issue at the top end of the pitch has been there for a while now. And yeah. and, and, there's, and there's lads there who who need to be able to be given a chance, a, a run of games to prove themselves. I'm not I'm not saying any of these guys are the answer. I, I, we don't know. I don't know if Rusin's the answer because he had a little burst of games and I thought he played okay and then he got injured. And now we seemingly can't get back in for whatever reason, which I could understand if, if the lads who were playing ahead of him, if it was really working, and we've seen like glimpses of it with Job, Job playing further up, that's worked. And to be honest, I'm I'm a bit surprised we didn't do that. A bit surprised oh. maybe Bar didn't play a bit deeper with alongside Neil if that's what they were going to do, or even Oshish in for Bar and play Job further forward. I, I wouldn't have yeah. a problem with that because Job has demonstrated an ability to score goals when he's played further forward. So I don't have a massive issue with that. Um, but the team selection, actually, yeah. I think it was that that was a weird one. I think you're right. If Pritchard had been fit, it would have been him instead of Barr. But even then, I still would have been looking at it and going, which, well, I, I don't know. What, what, what was what was the plan there with, with regards to scoring goals? Because it feels to me almost like we aren't... We, we're just trying the same thing over and over here without getting anything. We're not, we're not, yeah. It's not working, and we need to give one of these strikers a chance in the team. It, it smacked to me of, you know, preparing all week for a team with Pritchard up front, then him dropping out this morning and 
being a yeah. bit scared to shuffle it around too much. But like you, you talk about Rusin, right? And to me, if if and I know it's dead easy to say, right? But I said, you know, we we did something on on the site earlier in, in the week about you know the things that Michael Beale has to sort out or the challenges that he'll he'd be keen to address in his first couple of weeks. And for me, like the the biggest thing he's got to solve is the the striker issue, because you know you've got we've got three or four strikers at the club, and look, you can argue till the cows come home whether they're good enough or not. But as you say, they haven't been given a chance to prove that they're not. You've got Rusin there who scored a really nice goal on Monday night against Arsenal's under twenty ones. You know, I don't know if you you saw it, but it was a tight angle header, just you know, a real yeah, poacher's yeah, goal. Yeah. And you kind of think, look, he's he's had a, a decent run out there. He's scored a goal. He's back from injury. And if you're Beal coming in, go, look, this team hasn't been scoring. It's got a few strikers. He, nobody's managed to get them firing. I'm going to get one of them firing. And you, you go and you set your stall out straight and put Rusin up front today and let him have a, a go in a home game with a big crowd. And it it baffled me why why it didn't. Because you know what we saw transpire today, as you say, it's it's this like the performance today. I think I think Beale did some things that I, I didn't agree with. Today. I think he was really slow with subs, and I think he should have made some subs at half time. But that performance is pretty much identical to what we've seen all season: lots of possession, lots of chances, not being able to score goals. And you know that's not on Beale. That's on the the coaching, the recruitment, and all that sort of stuff because we haven't managed to get anything firing yet. Um. But yeah, the it 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 just baffled me putting Bar up front. I just thought it was a really really strange decision, and yeah. you know, I, again, I actually thought he played well in the second half. Though he he, he to be correct, to all fairness to him, he came out in the second half where he, you know I think he should have been took off at half time. We came out yeah, in the second yeah. half and he actually played mm-hmm. well. He's probably one of our yeah. better players in the second half. So all all credit to him from a you know a mentality point of view because he he came out and sort of did well in the second half and it would have been easy to kind of sink into a shell. But, you know, the most concerning thing, I know we're kind of jumping about the place here, like, but the most concerning thing with the whole performance today was how we heads dropped. Yeah. 2-0 down, our heads dropped. And we have not seen that all season from, or last season from this group of players. We we went off it completely. And whether that's just a, a reaction to the whole last two or three weeks or whether there's something else or what, or whether it's just a one-off, who knows. But we, we just dropped our heads and we, we kind of wrote the game off. And that was concerning because we haven't seen that from this group before. Yeah, that was the big concern. It's like I said at the start, there was no energy. There was no... No. Nah. I, I don't know if enthusiasm's the word, but normally when when a new manager comes in, you're at least expecting to see a reaction from the players to, to say, okay... We might not necessarily agreed with the decision for the last manager to go, or some of them may have, I don't know. Um, but you would like to see them at least come out in that first game and, and show sort of him what they're made of as a, as a group. And it just wasn't there. It wasn't there at all. I think it was very much... It, it, the patterns of play and the way we move the ball and stuff, it's all stuff we've seen all season. It didn't matter who was on the touchline today. I, you know, I, I remember seeing an interview with with Mike Dodds and he'd said this was during the the, the time that obviously we hadn't um, officially appointed anybody and he'd said he'd said that they they planned everything up until the Coventry game in terms of uh, tactics and team shape yeah. and, and, and and everything so and, and I said this on the preview with Chris I said that 
you know, I was pretty much expecting this team to just be more of the same, really. I, I wasn't expecting Beal to make any any tweaks, really. I, I suspect that as a group, the coaches, particularly the ones who've been here um, a lot longer than Beal have, I, I, would, I would assume that the, the sele- things like selections and the way we played would have mainly been down to the group as a collective. So I find it hard to blame Beal for, for the performance, but I think it was very obvious that he had to make some early changes and he didn't. And I yeah. don't know whether that was on him or not. Um, I think you're right about Barr, by the way. We said this at the game, that second half he was like a different player. He, he, did, he was much better. The things he was trying to do in the first half that weren't coming off were coming off. So you've got to yeah. give him credit for that. And, I, and you know what it is? To me, I don't go in on players, particularly if they're trying their best. And to me, he does. He tries his hardest. Maybe it's just not working, you know. But I didn't think he deserved to be G'd off the pitch the way he was. I thought that was pathetic, if I'm honest. Well, him and a lot of fans, yeah, a lot of fans let themselves down with that today. I mean, there's a lot of things that people have got a right to be angry about at the minute. Uh, you know, well within their rights to voice their opinions. But jeering a young lad off the pitch like that—that's not representative of the fan base. I think I think that's pathetic. I think the people who did that really let us down today. And you know, it was kicking off all over the place after that. We were talking off air and you mentioned, because you were sat in the Premier Concourse, that there was a slightly different atmosphere up there. Maybe people who don't go to as many games were up there and sort of people who were back for Christmas and things like that. So maybe it was a different atmosphere. But where I was in the southwest corner, it was pretty vile at that point. And I don't know, I just think it's harsh on the lads. I think Barr was poor. Yes, he didn't deserve to be trapped like that though. And and you mentioned that, right? I got the same treatment. I was crap for one of the goals where he, he, he lazily sort of didn't really put himself in front of the ball. Yeah, there's no getting away from that. But I just didn't like the way that they were they were tret, if I'm honest. I, I just think no. we're better than that as a fan base. I just think, you know, for a long time, we pride ourselves on being a, a sort of a fan base who, um, you know, all we want to see is players who try. And yeah, that that's not good enough for me. But it, that's by the by. I think, I think a lot of frustration spilled out from everything at the minute obviously there was the banners before the game in the north stand and and there was one in the south stand I, I missed it as I was on my way into the ground but I heard about them and banners relating to the decision to um yeah. house the Newcastle fans in the north stand yeah there was. um so obviously there was that sort of tension the performance didn't help obviously um and I think by the time we were 2-0 down the ground emptying the jeering the cheering for Tony Mowbray which I found a bit odd it all added to the performance becoming more and more miserable. And then it was capped off with the, with the Niall Huggins injury. I mean, you know, we are jumping about here, but it's hard not to because there's just so much to, to kind of cover. But um, that, that for me has overshadowed everything. The performance, the reaction to the manager, the reaction to some of the players. Like one of our players has just had a really serious injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but I've, I'm sure people have seen the images. It looks terrible and it couldn't have happened to a, like, it had to be him, didn't it? It's like the poor lad cannot catch a break. Finally, it feels like he's he, he's kind of made that position his own. Um, he, he's he's become he's become a regular through his own merit. He's worked really hard. He kind of got he got held off last season uh, for preseason because they felt oh no he needs a preseason just so he can get up to speed. He had a preseason. He worked hard when he got into the team. He kept his place. He's played well. I'm just really good for him and and that injury is more important than anything else that happened 
today for me. I just I'm good for him. No, I was sat in the Premier Concourse, and I I could hear him scream out, or cry out, and I heard a snap. Oh. I heard like something. Yeah, I, I did time. see somebody else who was in the Premier Concourse said the same. I did see that. And like it, it just you know I I've seen one image of it. I've seen the still of it, but like it, it looks horrendous. And like I think you know. Without obviously us knowing anything further than what everybody else knows at this point, who's who's watched the game or been in the game, he, like he, I would be very surprised if he plays again this this season. He's um, mm. that's kind like of the indication Michael Beale gave after the game, didn't he? Yeah, and it's as you say to reiterate what you said, like it's such a shame because he's been one of our standout players. I think this season he's got better and better as the he's you know got more football. He's such a good player, and after spending the best part of two seasons out injured. For him to come, you know, he's had a great run of games this season. He's 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 looked pretty robust. He hasn't missed games through niggles. He's, he's looked as if his body's holding up. And you know, I guess if you want a, a very small positive out of that, that whole thing for him at this point, it's it's not a recurrence of anything that he's he's had. That looks like it's a freak. It looks like a freak break. He got his studs yeah. caught in the ground or something. Like it looks so like a completely different injury. Um. And I think you know that that's probably the only one very very small positive he might take out of it. That's not a recurrence of an old problem that's coming back and hasn't resolved itself. It's, it's something different, but you know it's such a shame. And you know, as you say he's, he's forced himself into being a first team regular, and he's been he's been playing really well. And he gives us that versatility. He can play right or left. He's really comfortable on the ball. He's got a good link up play with Jack Clark, and yeah, it just yeah, as you say, capped off a shit day by. Um, by seeing that and him being stretched off. Yeah, the goals that we conceded, we might as well talk about those. The first one from Sakamoto, I think, it, well, you know, it's credited to him, but it kind of deflects off him into the back of the net. Yeah, It's the defending in the build-up that really, really annoyed me. Um, and and the, the highlights I watched when I got back didn't catch this, but when the ball comes over the top, Huggins, ironically, you know, talking about him, but Huggins goes for a header. I don't think he's really got any right to win which kind of, I don't know what, it, it, it muddles everything. And then 0-9 gets caught tuss, tussling with somebody. Uh, they break away. We don't stop the cross. Um, it it kind of deflects off. I think Patson like, makes a save and then it deflects off Hume and then onto their player. It's just, it, it's pretty lucky, like, but we didn't help ourselves in the build-up, did we? That that's the, that's the annoying thing about that one. And yet again, we're sat here talking about a goal we've conceded on the podcast um, where... It's our own fault. We yeah. we've you know self inflicted goals yet again. We never seem to just concede good goals. It's always shite defending. It's it's really irritating us at the minute because we're so much better than some of the some of the mistakes we're making. You know, like good players are, are making silly mistakes every week, and and it just feels like we're incapable of keeping a run of clean sheets together at the minute. No, it doesn't. You know, as you say, it came. Um, I think Patterson. Had the ball and we were playing around with it at the back. Patson chips it over to the right hand side, and yeah, we don't win the header. But you know, I think shortly after Bar's miss, Coventry had a couple of great chances, didn't they? Patson pulled off a, a brilliant double save from. So we we had a warning that you know these aren't going to sit back and just let us attack them. They're going to come out. So we we'd already had that warning, and to to get into that position, um, you know, when you know essentially we had possession of the ball, was was just crap, and you know. I'm, I've been 
a big fan of 09. I do like him playing centre-half. I know some people don't, but I do like him playing centre-half because I think what he gives you progressing with the ball out of defence outweighs um, his deficiencies usually. But that incident today where he went, he he wasn't looking at the ball when he went for, when he's chasing, I think it was with, with Wright. He was looking at Wright and he tried to just shoulder barge Wright to outpace him to win the ball and he lost out. And if he just concentrated on the ball, he would have had a far better chance of, of defending it. And yeah, that's a, yeah. another mistake, you know, and I think it's only, like, we, we'll, you know, as regular listeners will know, we'll usually defend 09, because I think he does get harsh criticism and unjust criticism a lot of the time. But I think it's important to, like, call out 09 today, because I think he, he had five minutes at the end of the first half where he was diabolical. And I think, you know, for, for that goal, he was really, really poor. Um, the goal obviously went, went in, it was a pinball machine in there and sort of deflected back off, off the um, Coventry lad for a goal. But then shortly after, we had that situation where he was tussling in the box again um, from a, a Coventry corner. Referee warns him once, corner's about to be taken. 9 wrestling and wrestling again, brings yeah. the lad down. And I tell you what, if the Coventry player had, had any awareness about him, if he just kicked that ball into play, he would they would have got a penalty because yeah. it was a foul. And he was so he was brainless, and again I'm a massive fan of 09, but that was absolutely brainless. And you know he, yeah. he's been caught out at Swansea, and he's been caught, caught out another couple of times this season, and like that has got to stop because like that could have easily been a penalty. Um, I say if if he just moved the ball into play, the referee would have had to have given a penalty. The reason he didn't give a penalty was because the ball wasn't in play, and um, he gave 09 a yellow card for it, and like that was just. It, that was a terrible five minutes for 09 because like we could have been two 0 down, and you know obviously we ended up being two 0 down later in the game, but like it was needless. Yeah, it felt like we saw the best and worst of him in that in that period because I thought first half 09 had a really good game. No, he, he handled did. them that, pretty well, it. and then and then he makes that yeah, and then he makes that mistake where you know he doesn't need to do it. They score, you know, it's not just him, but he does make a mistake in the in the lead that first goal. Um, and, and that one you've just highlighted there, that really pissed me off because he got away with it the first time. You know, the ref pulled him back. He said, right, come on, sort it out, blah, blah, blah. And then seconds later, it happens again. And, I'm, you know, it if the referee had awarded a penalty as a result, he would have had nowhere to hide because he'd been warned seconds before. Like I say, I know he's not the biggest lad. I know he's not the most physical in terms of his upper body strength and his height and all the rest of it. But he doesn't need to do it. Just be more no. streetwise, you know. Be more streetwise. It's not. It's not difficult. Um, you know. I, I just. I, I get. I get pissed off with them doing it. Like on Scav, Coventry been switched on because you could. You could see it happening because he ran from the back post to the almost the front post, holding the lad. And if Coventry had been switched on, they would just chip the ball into the box. The referee would have given the penalty because it was. It was the foul was three or four yeah. seconds. And like we we were fortunate that Coventry didn't spot it to or the, the corner here didn't spot it to take advantage of it. But you know, O nine gets booked for for that, and then he's on the knife edge all game. And you know, that's it's not the impression that you want to make on your new head coach on his first day in charge, is it? No, no. And then the second goal was again terrible from us. Um, too easy. Huggins gets done. Then the ball comes across, and I've got no idea to be honest what Pierre was doing. He, he doesn't even it, it, it like if you're gonna say something was a lazy like something was lazy that was lazy yeah. because in that situation you're expecting him to get his full body in the way to stop it 
I don't know whether he was tired from running back or what. It's not an excuse. You've got to get your body in the way of that. And this has been one of the criticisms that a lot of people have had of Ekwes since he come back from injury, is that he get he does that too much. And to be fair, Tony Mowbray was quite public in sort of pointing that out, wasn't he? He was. That sometimes he's got to slap him around the head. That's what he said. Um, but it was poor from him. And again, it's another poor goal to concede. And and then the third one around things off was more of the same, just shit defending from us. And Patterson makes an absolute howler to spill yeah. it to them. I mean, just grab your thoughts on those two goals. But it, it kind of felt like the second one happened, the atmosphere in the stadium totally changed. People started driving from their seats, down the stairs, out the ground. Uh, there was booing, there was jeering. People really weren't happy. They were pissed off that it had happened, that we kind of collapsed. And then the third came in amongst all of that, didn't it? And it was just minging. And it was Casey Palmer, who for years playing Coventry, always plays well against us. He, he's one of the most annoying players to play against. He just looks he looks brilliant every time we play them. And yeah. I, I, I kind of read what Coventry fans say about him. And I don't, I don't think he's the most consistent player, but whatever reason, when he plays Sunderland, he always turns up and... It was just, it was shit. It was just shit. Both goals were terrible defending. I'm sick of talking about crap defending. Like, we are such a good team at times, but the defending is amateur at times too. And no, it it's like, you know, if, if, I, I, I just kind of hope Michael Beale takes us back to basics in some respects because the defending against Leeds was outstanding. That's the first time in a long time after a game I've said, brill, brilliant. But for today, awful. No, it, it was. And I think you know the, the most frustrating thing about all of that was their goal was a, a counter-attack after we'd had pretty much 20 minutes of possession in their half, a few good chances, a few good runs. You know, We, we worked ourselves into good positions and we were let down by that, that cutting edge, that finish. And you know, for, for those first... I actually thought for the first 20 minutes of both halves, we played really well. Um especially that second half though we came out with with intent we'd we looked fired up we were playing nice football we were really getting at them we were pressing them Clark had a couple of good chances to 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 force a good save out the goalkeeper I think he put one wide and he put one straight down the goalkeeper's throat and um you know we, we just never looked like like scoring despite all the possession that we had and you know that's you know if, if you're gonna if I'm gonna have one criticism of of, of Beale today, it's that we didn't make a sub then. I know I've said it half time I expected subs. Yeah. You're looking at that, that twenty minutes of the first twenty minutes of the second half where we haven't managed to score. Like the game's crying out for get get Rusin on, get my ender on, whoever it is, but just get somebody different up front. And if we'd made a change at one nil, you know, again hindsight's wonderful, but if we'd made a change at one nil, we could have kept that pressure up and given them something else to think about. Instead, we didn't make a change. We dallied on, on changing it. He had people warming up, but we didn't make it. Then we just conceded two crap goals in what the space of four or five minutes. And, you know, the game goes from being, you know, it was relatively positive in the opening stage of the second half. Five minutes, it goes completely on its head. And, yeah, yeah look, defensively, I, I agree. Like, it, it, we, we keep talking about the same problems in defence. People getting dragged out of position. We're not, not defending well. And, you know, there's going to be some decisions made, isn't it? Obviously, the the replacement for Huggins is going to be forced. But you've got Pembele, um, who played for the under-21s on Monday, who looked really good for 45 minutes he got there. He's going to come into the team probably sooner than he, he might have expected now. Um, I think Silt's got to come into the reckoning. 
Yeah. Um, whether whether we go with a back three or a back four, I, I don't know. But as you say, against Leeds, we, we defended so well with um, Silt as part of a back three that you wouldn't be surprised if we if we tried that because you know Beals come with a reputation of not really liking wingers too much and not, not playing with wingers too much. So going with um, a couple of wing backs and, and maybe having Clark somewhere a little bit further in field um, and you know maybe switching Roberts out, I don't know, because they Roberts... Again, flattered to deceive. Well, he had a lot of the ball. He he got on the ball a lot, and he had some good runs. But there's yeah. just nothing in terms of end product. And yeah. you know, you're kind of looking at that, looking at his stats for the season. It's not a one-off today. It's been the case for the whole season that he's just not mm-hmm. productive. And you know, in a team that's struggling to score goals, is he one of the reasons for it, or was it the lack of a striker affecting how he's you know his end product is? I don't know. Yeah. But you know, we we need to try something different there as we well do. because it's just not working yeah that that's the big takeaway i think we've got to try something new i think um you know it's it's okay to kind of point out that while you might like players they might have to come out you know i wouldn't if luke nine got dropped from that defense which i don't think he will um i don't think he'd have any complaints to be honest because he's, he's you know he's had a couple of indifferent performances where he's making silly mistakes don't think he will by the way um, but you, you mentioned Silt there. He had a he had a cracking performance against Leeds, and then he's nowhere to be seen. And I just think you know it's not you know he deserves to come back in. Yeah, you know if you if you're looking for a positive, right? <laughs> and it's difficult to find one. But if you're looking for a positive today, you you could argue that it could well be a case of two steps backward to go three steps forward, right? Michael Beale's yeah. come in, and you know the rhetoric all week has been you know there's got a great team here. There's not much to do, just a few. Little tweaks and all that sort of stuff, and I, I'm I'm not necessarily convinced that is the case. I think you know for us to go where we want to go and challenge for the playoffs and all that sort of stuff, I actually think we need to change a few things. You know, as as you say, we've been talking about the same problems all season: giving away cheap goals, silly goals, having too much possession on occasion, and not scoring. And yeah. you know, they're actually quite big problems when you you think about them all, right? So. You know, if we'd drawn this game, if we'd had a one-one or a nil-nil, or even got a, a tight one-nil win, you can't continue with the same thing, not wanting to change too much. This might actually fast-track him changing things. You might go, you know what? We need to just there's these things I can see fundamentally wrong. We just need to change them now, rather than trying to ease into it. Um, yeah. And it's you know, it's just, that's because that's the sort of performance that forces big changes. You know, I said yeah. to my dad walking out, it's like that the last twenty minutes of that game was more like a manager's last game in charge than the first the first game. Um yeah. and it had that sort of feel about it. So I think that could just be you know, and I say I don't think there's a great deal on, on Beal today apart from, you know, again, I think he's slow with, with the subs. Um but I think that could actually be Beal's, you know, clear card just to go right, we need to change this and this and this, we'll yeah. do things my way from now rather than trying to ease into things so you know I think it'll be it'll be interesting obviously we've got a few we've got Hull away Rotherham away Preston at home then then Newcastle at home haven't we we've got four tough games for him to come into over the next two weeks and you know there's going to be opportunity to switch players around give players a chance but we've got to get some points on the board next three games because you don't want to be going to Newcastle game on the back of a few defeats do you so it's um, it's going to be a tough couple of weeks for him but it's a good challenge for him, and look, that's why he's here. He's here because the thought he can, or the thing he can do better than Tony Mowbray was doing, 
in the yeah. short and long term. So, you know, it's his chance to, to prove it. And hopefully, you know, he's got that bit between his teeth and he's got a few things to think about when he's chewing his Christmas turkey, hasn't he? <laughs> Certainly does. Yeah, I think, like, you know, I mentioned 09 there maybe coming out, but possibly not as well. You know, you could go with the back three, um, wing backs. You know, we need to change the shape somewhere. Because you mentioned Patrick Roberts, but Clark recently, his output's not been there either. You know, he well, took the penalties think, out of it. You know, he's yeah. he's got like, I think he's got something like one assist in nine games. So, so it's not it's clearly not working. That's the thing. And we can all see it. No, that's, that's and exactly sometimes, right. I think you're right, sometimes uh, you just need to, you do need to have that kind of performance where it's like, okay, right now we need to reset. And, yeah. and maybe that's what will happen. I hope that's what will happen because... At the minute, what we're doing isn't working properly. You know, we've had a couple of good results there where we had, you know, the, the wins against Leeds and West Brom. Um, but still, this is the same theme coming across now from from the performances we had under Mowbray. Yeah. These are some of the same issues. The defending is a, clearly a problem. And when, it does kind of feel like we're not addressing it properly. We're not addressing any of the problems properly, really. We're not addressing the defensive issues because we keep playing the same shape and same system. Um, obviously, the Huggins injury forces us to to change slightly. I suspect it'll just be you know sealed coming in, maybe going with more of a back three, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but also, like I said, Robert and Clark aren't getting the goals and assists like they probably should be. Yeah. We aren't playing with a centre forward, so these are all things I would say are fairly obvious. And after you've been tank three 0 at home with a new head coach coming through. There's really there's nobody can sit there and say, well, I deserve to play the next game. It should be a case of okay, we've had a bad performance. Where can we tweak things and change things? The issue is, is that you know, it's the twenty third the day we lose. Tomorrow they'll probably train recover. They'll be off Christmas Day, and then they've got Hull away on on the Boxing Day. So there isn't really time to change anything massively. Um, and I suspect that we'll probably just get more of the same at Hull. So it's like I, when, I, when, I do you, you, when do you when do you flip things around? But I think you you look at how we changed from the West Brom game to the Leeds game, and we we had we came to the Leeds game with a whole different approach. Like that's completely different how we've played all season in terms of approach and tactics, right? So I yeah. think we we can do it, and I think you know I think Tony Mowbray was maybe a little um, hesitant to do so because you know, he kept saying about how young the players were and. You know, we need to make it simple for them and all that sort of stuff, which, you know, there's probably some truth in that, but also it you, you need to be able to trust players to to be able to do different things in games and, and we showed against Leeds that we can do that. Hmm. So I think um I think he will make some changes, some tweaks to it, because you know, clearly that system with Equa sat in midfield and Bellingham and Neil in front of him um isn't working, it's leaving us wide open in midfield on occasion. I agree with you. I don't think 9 will be dropped, and I think you know Beal will be wanting to keep or get the players on side, keep the players on side. And 9 is a, a big fundamental part of that. He's a big person in the dressing room. He's the captain at present, um, and I think he needs 9 on side just to keep keep things ticking along. So I think you know I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to go to a back three. And I think yeah. that would probably be the right thing to to do. Um, obviously, it's a shame that Huggins is is out because. I think he's he's better going forward than he is is going backwards and wing back probably suits him well, but that's another conversation for another day. But yeah, look like looking on the positive, you, you go, okay, well, hopefully that performance actually speeds things up for Beale. It takes him three or four 
weeks ahead of where he he thought he might be. Um, you know, you don't. There's, you know, there's no way to hide after a game like that. So no, let's get cracking with it. Absolutely, mate. Well, I wish we were going into Christmas talking about more positive things, but we aren't, unfortunately. But there we go. <laughs> I hope you have a good Christmas, mate. Enjoy. Ah, you too, and likewise for everybody listening. Yes, thank you everybody who's bought the book, donated at the Soup Kitchen fundraiser. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll leave that run until the end of the month. Uh, so if you can add to that, that would be fantastic. I think we're pretty much sold out of books, but if there are any copies left, you can probably get them on the Yule of Supreme website. So check that out. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we're not leaving you with uh, with 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 happy memories of Sunderland's latest performance. But there <laughs> we go. Hopefully, things will turn around at Hull and, you know, we can be a bit more positive after a nice Christmas as well. It would be good, wouldn't it? Because yeah, so. that's about as low as it gets. I don't think there's ever been a worse um, opening home game in history for a Sunderland manager. I think that's literally the stat. I think it's nobody's yeah, history ever making. Yeah, no, nobody's had such a bad start, so it can only get better from here, surely. <laughs> um, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, go. And thanks to the listeners. We'll catch you after. Oh, hopefully, we've got three points to talk about.